rock and roll, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm Paul McCartney and I approve of this message. Is that how is, we start is, our Is Paul the very now? one that sent that in for us? I think uh, it wasn't Paul, but again, he approved the message. Oh, he approved okay. it. Uh, it was, uh, I mean, I guess Paul's been gone for a while. Right. That was Billy Shears. That was Billy Shears. <laughs> I'm yeah. glad that we're we're talking about this because this is something that I'm very passionate about. Yeah, me, yeah, too. me too. Paul is dead. Paul everyone. is dead. Died Paul McCartney died every year. Oh yeah. Yeah. Have you not heard of this? In like the '80s. No way. Are you kidding me? Paul McCartney is dead. He's been dead for a long. Not time. Not the '80s. Even before that. No, it would have been the '60s. It was my yeah. number Oof. one dream to meet him, yeah, and well, now you've can't. ruined that for me. You can meet Billy well, Shears, who has been Paul McCartney for is. basically longer than Paul He's McCartney his double. was. I don't you know, we'll talk that. about this on our after show, yeah. <laughs> which we definitely have. Yeah. Um, but for now, welcome back to Man Cave Movie Night. Hey. My name is Jared. <clears throat> I'm Nile. <throat> I'm Lucas. Oh, dang it. I said I'm. Dang. Oh, you idiot. That's a shame. You, Sorry. You That'd be a fun one. I ruined my. I'm Jared. I'm Nile. And then just Lucas. Lucas. <laughs> that would be, that would be cool. Uh, well, we're, we've been talking a lot about where the direction of the podcast is going. And so hopefully in the next couple weeks, huge announcements will be made. But for today, we're just going to talk about a show that we all love. Yeah. And Jared just finished because it finally came out on uh, Netflix. Yeah. And that is Better Call Saul. Hey-o. I guess, I don't know how anticipated it was, but the prequel to Breaking Bad by the same creators and the same team. Um, yeah, it's it's finally out and available to watch as of a year or so ago. <laughs> but for Jared to watch very recently. Well, so, that, that's not just the case for you, though. I know a lot of people who haven't watched the final season because it's not been available to stream. So no. I'm sure a lot of people have been like in a similar boat as you. And now, you know, hopefully this re- episode is a little bit more relevant because they're like, oh, cool. I just finished it on Netflix and now I can hear... Jared, Lucas, and Niall talk about it. Yeah, um, finally. Yeah, finally, because we've all finished it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I loved this show, basically, from the start. I know there are some people who like it more than Breaking Bad, which is totally understandable. I love them both a lot, but personally, I like Breaking Bad a little bit more. Um, but uh, Better Call Saul is just very different, right? So it's not super fair to compare the two. It becomes more like Breaking Bad, kind of the further it goes into it. But basically, from start to finish, I loved the show. I, I would say it does have a little bit of a slow start. So if you're expecting it to be quite as quick and on top of things, it's kind of Breaking Bad as in the beginning. It's just very different tonally for a lot of it and pacing-wise, but super effective regardless. Just very, you know, different. Yeah. No, and I, I agree. I So first of all, what I want to say before we start getting into, like, talking about spoilers for the show itself. Yeah. Um, is that my sister uh, has never seen Breaking Bad, never seen any Breaking Bad, but she has watched Better Call Saul, and Better Call Saul is, like, one of her favorite shows. So, nice. like, of course, it's... it's. I'm sure it's better, and you'll understand a lot of things uh, uh, better if you watch Breaking Bad first. Yeah. But it's, like, my sister as uh, as a personal testimony to this it stands totally on its own as well um i i personally think maybe in like the last couple of episodes less so yeah because um, then it but, really starts tying in 
Right. But overall, um, this show is, is a great example of a sequel or a prequel. I mean that like a different show set in the same world, doing the same kind of vibe, but really kind of standing on its own two legs and, and not just relying on the, the power of the initial one to, to kind of hold itself up, you know? Yeah. And I think the, even like the cameos and characters from Breaking Bad that get integrated in later on work independently as well. Like, obviously you care more if you've seen them in Breaking Bad before, because some of them are characters who may or may not have died in Breaking Bad who show up in Better Call Saul. And it's like, okay, cool. We get to see more of what they kind of their story is. And, um, I really like this show as well because it's not just about Saul. It kind of fleshes out every other aspect of the show you could possibly ever want. Yeah. Like some people are like, oh man, it'd be cool to have a Gus show. And it's just like, well, we kind of already got that with Better Call Saul. It's like, what mm-hmm. more of Gus's story could you really want to tell? Yeah. Um, and so I love that part of this as well, that they just kind of use this show. Obviously, Saul is the main character, but then Mike is a huge player. Gus and, um, you know, all sorts of other characters come in. And they're explained, even, you know, minor characters that you wouldn't expect having a backstory for. It just kind of gives more meaning um, to Breaking Bad, too, which is awesome. But again, yeah. you can have enjoyed it without ever having watched Breaking Bad as well. It's just a cool and interesting story. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting thing to kind of clarify now. They are, you know, connected shows, but you can watch them separately. So do we want to try to steer clear of Breaking Bad spoilers, or is that just kind of... Uh, I feel like most people who have seen this have seen Breaking Bad. There's not a ton of people that I know. I mean, Niall obviously said his sister. Yeah, um, I know a couple as well who mm, haven't seen who Breaking haven't Bad. seen Breaking Bad. So, See, so this is the other thing with spoilers for Breaking Bad. If you've watched all of Better Call Saul, it pretty much spoils everything that happens because the last couple episodes, yeah, in a particular, lot of, well, a lot of the big plot points at least. A lot of the big plot points, like during the court stuff. It's like all that yeah. stuff comes out. And that's it's like, okay, true. Well, but specifics to... of, again, who dies, who doesn't die. Yeah. Right. It's, it's kind of left vague. With some of the, yeah, minor characters. I think um, let's, let's well, even... try to avoid it. But honestly, I think apologies some stuff is just going to. Yeah, yeah I, I would say definitely spoilers for all of Better Call Saul from here on out. Yeah. Probably a lot of spoilers for Breaking Bad as yeah. well, just because it gets to the point where it's like so interconnected, it's hard to remember which is in which. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Especially in the latest season of Better Call Saul, where there's so much overlap um, between like kind of the shows. Um, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, I think we should just kind of talk about some of our favorite episodes or moments and things like that. Um, I, For me personally, like I think seasons five and six are on par, if not better than, you know, Breaking Bad. Yeah. Um, that was really when it like sure. ramped up and I got into it. Um, the whole show, like I said, is awesome. But season six in particular was just like so awesome. Like Niall was talking about with watching Last of Us week to week, watching Better Call Saul week to week was really cool because I'd never done that with, you know, any Breaking Bad, anything. I watched seasons one through three of Better Call Saul and then waited for four and five and watched those and then waited for six and then watched six week to week. And yeah. Yeah, it was, it's just fun. It's just fun to do it like that sometimes, especially a show like this where it's like every episode is actually good and you're actually excited and you know that there will be genuine story development in every episode that you have to wait a week for. So Big time. 
that's all I was going to say. Well, thanks for listening. I didn't want to keep talking for too long. I was going <laughs> to pass it over and let someone else say some things about how you watched yeah, it. Yeah, I'll, I'll say I loved, I liked Breaking Bad the first time I watched it. Yeah. I loved Breaking Bad the second time I watched it. Mm-hmm. Going, I started Better Call Saul when it first came out. Oh, I was dang. watching it, like the first couple episodes. And I was like, eh, it's okay. It's not yeah. my favorite. Um, but then, yeah, like you guys gave me a high recommendation of it. Other people had just started saying, no, it's its own story, but it's very, very good as well. And so I was like, maybe I will give it a second chance. And I did, and I absolutely loved it. As much as I loved Breaking Bad the second time around. Um, something about the characters of Jimmy McGill, his relationship with his brother, his, <clears throat> his like um, predisposition to con, everything like that. And just watching the characters work and how he influences other people, not always for the best. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. just, it was a fantastic story about a character that was really interesting and had a lot of depth. And so the icing on the cake is that it is in the better or in the Breaking Bad world. But mm. I, like you were saying, it doesn't need to be. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> if you took out, like, if you, again, if you hadn't watched Breaking Bad, and these other characters that came in, like Gus, uh, and uh, Mike, Airman Trout. Yeah. Right? You don't need to have watched that to now be really invested in these characters, because they're great characters. Mm-hmm. And they're right. put into really stressful sometimes situations. <laughs> yeah. And you really get to watch them in their element. And so it's been, it was a blast. I, I think prequels can be hard sometimes, because it's like you already know where they end up. Um, but I think the thing that for some of the characters in this show in particular, I think the thing that this show did well though, and this is, I mean, we're kind of spoiling stuff, but, um, it, the very first scene of the whole show is post breaking bad because better, uh, Saul survives breaking bad. And the first scene you see of this show is him after the fact, like with all the right. black and white stuff. And so then it kind of gives you the intrigue of like, Oh, this show is also going to eventually tell us what happens to Saul longer term as well, which I think was a great idea. Um, because the other thing that I think this show did really well is, you know where Saul ends up in terms of like, he's the CD lawyer and he turns it from Jimmy McGill into Saul Goodman. And just telling that arc of how he got from point A to point B was just so well done. Yeah. And you like, that's the thing with a, a prequel, you know where they end up, but this did such a good job of keeping you genuinely interested in seeing how he got from, this guy to the other guy and literally a different name, different persona entirely. And I think it was just so effective in that. Yeah. And I, I thought another thing that was interesting is that it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the story of breaking bad takes place over a relatively short amount of time. It's mm-hmm. like over one year, basically. Yeah. The first um, four seasons is one year and then season five time jumps one more year. Right. And then, yeah. But like for changed. the most part, it's very contained. Yeah. Whereas Better Call Saul starts off with the promise that this will be um, going from at least, uh, when is it? I think it's, it's seven like, years it's like two thousand. Yeah, but it's like 2004 yeah, or five or something like that in season one. And then, but like also. Because I think Breaking Bad takes place. Or yeah, no. you might, Yeah. Breaking, Breaking Bad, Bad takes, takes place, place like 2008. Eight. Okay, yeah. So it's like, yeah, 2000, early, early 2000s. Yeah. So 
it, but it also starts off showing that post breaking bad stuff. Mm-hmm. So you, there's this promise that, okay, this show is going to cover a lot of Jimmy's life. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. when you think of that, like with, with breaking bad, breaking bad is while a very important chapter in Jimmy's life, just one chapter. And there's mm-hmm. so much more to be told about him leading up to that. And then what happened afterward. And I just think that that is, is such a cool approach to not have it just say like, all right, and this is a breaking, breaking bad prequel about, about Mm -hmm. Saul Goodman. It's, it's the whole story of another character. And I I think that that is excellent. You know, it also sets the scene that you now see, Oh, here's the industry that, Walter is going to get into eventually. Mm-hmm. And so these are the key players. This is what's happened so far. This is why like Hector is the way that he is when you meet him. And you know, yeah, this is who Tuco is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And how, or how Jimmy knows these different people and kind of helps. Like when he calls Mike Ehrman Trout to help with Jane. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like that. It makes sense now. Uh-huh. Like that's, yeah, he's got a pretty intimate relationship with this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I love as well how just as an aside, Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad are just totally unapologetic with like flashbacks, just not de aging the characters at all. They yeah. just use right. the same actors. And it's like, oh, the hair is slightly different because there's yeah, a like, couple where it like cuts just, back super yeah. far with yeah. Saul, and he's like, yeah, I'm 20 <laughs> years younger, but I look exactly yeah. the same. <laughs> and Mike is supposed to be way younger, but he looks way older. Um, right. and stuff like that it's just because it just works like it's just yeah, fine like, who cares? for me it's it is basically the to me that feels like the makers of the show saying listen we're not gonna waste time doing all of this other stuff to make it visually like oh yeah definitely this is a prequel and this is yeah. set. like they, they messed with Jimmy's hairline a bunch and that's all I needed I'm like yeah, yeah, alright exactly. great like that's that's good enough and it, it feels like the filmmakers trust their audience to just say, yeah, we get it. We don't need you to hold our hands through everything. Just tell the story in the way that you can best put the story onto the screen and we'll take care of the rest, you know? And I, I love it when um, creators trust their audience enough to kind of fill in some blanks, you know, mm-hmm. and not, not taking Robert De Niro and being like, look, he's 20 now. Yeah. Look at how his <laughs> face Irishman. looks 20, but his body is still like a 90 year old person. <laughs> it just like at a certain point, it's like, no, nah, just trust your audience. You just know? like, yeah. Well, the thing, I mean, I'm not going to, well, yeah, that that's an Irishman yeah, that, thing. Totally We've talked about thing. that. We'll talk yeah. about that in our after show. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, <laughs> it, I, I think that this this show is such a simultaneous change of pace from Breaking Bad and also the exact same feeling as Breaking Bad and and how both of those things were accomplished together from the very first episode. I remember just thinking like, wow, this just looks like Breaking Bad. You can tell mm-hmm. it's shot by the same people the the whole like all of the shot design is just amazing it's and edited then, by the same people as well 
Oh, really? Which I, I helps a ton. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that. But it's that always like sense. those cold open scenes that are just shots mm-hmm. of yeah, yeah, like of just a lizard yeah, or yeah. you know just broken glass in the dirt, or, and then you get to a car crash yeah. with bullet holes yeah, and everything, yeah, yeah. and you're yeah. like, oh, that's <laughs> cool. what's important. Or, yeah. or my my favorite cold open from the whole thing is where it just opens on this guy we've never seen before, and it goes through his whole morning. Him talking to his wife and getting in the car and leaving and then like getting to work and realizing that he doesn't have his key card and can't get into work. And then you find out, I think either in the cold open or just later in the episode, that Mike stole his key card so that he could get into the 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 place, this like office basically, and go through mm-hmm. the warehouse and start kind of like doing recon on how this business is run, you know? And it's just like the idea that they don't just say, all right, Mike got this card. They do it in a very cool artistic Mm -hmm. way that also shows like, no, this stuff is having an impact outside of the story as well. Like this, the stuff that they're doing, even the little stuff is like bad. (laughs) (laughs) People's days, you know? And, I, that's what I always loved about Breaking Bad, and I love it about Better Call Saul, too, is that they do a great job of keeping the story contained within itself, but also just every now and then giving you glimpses on the effect uh, that these people are having on other people's lives as well. And it, it's like almost like a lesson, you know, yeah. <laughs> for society of just like, hey, if you're like acting in a self-serving way and you're not being a good person that doesn't just affect people that are really close to you it affects society yeah it's just like yeah general people going through their lives yeah i love that and it's always like you know crime is such a huge part of breaking bad and better call Saul, and it's never like justified or glorified i mean certainly elements of it because it's like oh yeah they're super rich and they can do these things but it also shows how much their lives suck like, yeah, yeah, sure, they have money and they take advantage of people, but versus, like, other crime dramas, maybe, where it's like, hey, they do all this crime and look how cool and fun it is. With this, it's just like, yeah, everyone they loved abandoned them. Yeah, sure, they, like, Saul has this cool big house, but, like, he's just emotionally void and he's just paying hookers and just has no, like, real satisfaction in his life comparatively to when we started off. Um, I, I, I just wanted to talk about, so season five to season six was like a two year gap, I think like two and a half years. It was something like that. Yeah. It was pretty big. Um, and so during that time, cause season five is just so good. I love season five so yeah. much and it ends in a way where it's like, okay, season six is the last one. What oh. the heck is going to happen? Cause it's, yeah. it's when Lalo survives the attack on his estate in mm. Mexico. Yeah. And it's just like, man. Oh man. Just so awesome bone chilling ending and <laughs> like, can nothing kill this guy uh-huh. yeah. exactly exactly <laughs> um and so going into season six there was a lot of things that me and my friends were kind of talking about where it was like how are they going to wrap this up and there were so many things where i was like man i don't know how they're going to be able to do this effectively the main things were um what lalo's going to do like what he's going to do with his ramp like how he's going to try and get gus and whatever um and then how jimmy and Kim break up or what happens? Cause there was a lot of people thinking, yeah. Oh, is she going to go to prison? Is she going to die? Yeah. All these types of things. And I was like, man, I feel like if she dies, it just would wreck him way too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
and so when I was wa- I was watching that episode where it kind of time jumps and they break up and everything with some friends, and because that whole episode we're like, okay, this has got to be the one where all the crap goes down between Kim and Jimmy, and it's just like she just leaves him, and it's like such a simple yeah. thing, but it was so effective. It was way better than dumb fan theories and everything. It was just like, yeah, of course that makes sense. She just left him because she felt like she felt fell way too deep into it. And then that's kind of what spirals him into becoming fully Saul. And it was yeah. just such a sim- like stupidly simple thing that worked so effectively. And that was just the case the whole time with all the stuff they kind of wrapped up in season six. Like I didn't like personally, I didn't feel like it would have been as satisfying as Saul had died. Like it just didn't really make sense for his character to die yeah. in the future. And so him doing his whole slipping Jimmy stuff to get out of all of his prison time, like he he does that. And that was so satisfying. But then it was even more satisfying when he fully fesses up for everything and then just accepts accepts that he's going to be in prison for the rest of his life. Like all that stuff was just, oh, I loved every part of the last season. And it's so so cool because it doesn't feel like a compromise on the character. No, not at all. Like it it doesn't feel like it's like, oh, like even when he's confessing, it doesn't feel like he's doing it because he's like, oh, this is a good thing to do yeah. or the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like he's doing it just so that he can say, I went out on my terms. Exactly. You know? 100%. Like, I, yeah. I did this because that's the statement that I needed to make in order to go down basically as a legend. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and what really sells that is the fact that they take it from like seven life sentences down to seven years. Yeah. You oh, know? yeah. It's this insane decrease, and then he's like, he like he won, yeah. Oh, and then yeah. he's like, yeah, but yeah. that's not how this ends, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm choosing this new thing because I mean, yeah, like he was selfish even in the end. He had to, you know, basically to confess f- to Kim, and he had to flex everything kind of resolve that as well. Yeah. So he got he got exactly. his he got his part where yeah. he flexed how good of a lawyer he was mm-hmm. with getting a sentence to exactly what he wanted and where he wanted. Like I love the yeah. hyper specific details of like I want to go to this prison because it's like yeah. the highest quality or whatever yeah. and like minimum yeah. security. And then he's like Walter White would never have been able to reach the pinnacle he did without my help. And he's just like it's just so yeah. it's so cool. It's it's super cool. And uh I have been told by a couple of people that I know that listen to the podcast that they like it when we throw in these little uh, fun facts here and there, just like stuff that you would see on your Facebook feed of like, did you know <laughs> did that you know that you know that did you know that it's all finale? Um, in that finale, um, in the courtroom scene, he has his little um, ABQ ribbon on his yeah. uh, on his lapel, which yeah. is the after in Breaking Bad. Little spoiler. Um, there is a plane crash that happens. And from that point on in Breaking Bad, Saul has the little ribbon that everybody wore to kind of commemorate it for the rest of the show, you know, and he wore it in here again, just because it's like, no, this is Saul still being Saul and still thinking like, oh no, I'm going to kind of get the pity vote. And I'm going to tell, like, I'm going to get people to think that I care, you know? And just, I loved all of the little details that they had in, in all of the, all of the sixth season of the connection between Saul as we've seen him through Better Call Saul and Saul as we saw him in Breaking Bad, they did such a good job of just making it feel seamless and making it mm-hmm. feel like the same character and not the prequel version of the character, you know? Um, I like I like with the ribbon thing, too, because a huge part, I mean, it spans the entire show, 
it becomes a minor plot point in the later seasons, but his class action lawsuit against the nursing home. Mm-hmm. Sandpiper. Sandpiper, yeah. And yeah. so that's like a huge thing for his character's progression as a lawyer and becoming a little bit more slipping and seedy. But he's like, you know, genuinely trying to help these old people, but also yeah. his own interests are at the top of it. Yeah. Because with Breaking Bad, with that whole plane thing, he's trying to build a class action suit against that as well. And right. it's kind of like a side plot where he'll kind of bring it up to random people. He's like, hey, do you feel like you were emotionally like affected by this? He's like, cool, let's add you to the class action lawsuit. And so yeah. just that whole plain thing as well it's just like it's just all so well crafted and so in line um i think a couple of the other elements from the last season we should talk about as well are nacho's death and then um freaking howard yeah howard hamlin's death and then lalo's death subsequently as well (laughs) both of them i well especially nacho i saw that death coming yeah yeah but you can i did tell that's not like... think it was gonna happen the way that it no did, no you know mm. and it, i i remember because that was um, it's like the third episode it's pretty early in the season yeah it was the third it episode and i remembered watching it and and the drummer for the painted roses was watching it week to week uh with me his name's mm-hmm. shane and i remembered watching that and sitting basically like jaw on the floor <laughs> until uh you know like like for about three straight minutes mm-hmm. and then texting him and saying, Hey, did you see the newest episode yet? And he said, yes. And then immediately I was getting a phone call from him <laughs> and we just talked about it. <laughs> exact same thing happened That's with Howard's great. death where I was just like Ugh. my full body was in shock. Well, okay, Jared, I want to hear you talk about it. Cause you've seen it the most recently. Sure. Yeah. 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 I think the Lalo, or sorry, not Lalo. The um, Nacho death, first of all, was not predictable. Like I, I could tell he was gonna go out. Yeah, I was like, it was probably this next episode. And as soon as he started like putting it on his terms mm-hmm. in that kind of showdown, I was like, he's gonna shoot himself. Yeah, he's not gonna kill any of these other guys. We know that because they don't. Yeah, they show. Up they don't die. Them, yeah. But like he knew, he basically had to basically throw the blame or but, on himself but the, even with that like the tension and is still super effective mm-hmm. tensions there and you can just watch like gus kind of be like no i like i did yeah that. oh dude. <laughs> it wasn't this guy i love that he's like so no much. that's it was me but he's like oh i gotta sit on that still um and he never gets so, that satisfaction in breaking bad like he never gets to tell the guys that he was the one who did it like they he they never get to know that he was the one because Nacho mm-hmm. just takes all the credit and, oh, dude, it's just, stuff like that is just so effective where it's like, yeah, Gus doesn't die in this, obviously. Hector, yeah. all these guys don't die. Nacho probably died. But how are they going to, yeah, you know? how are they going to mm-hmm. make it so Gus isn't, you know, and oh, it's, it was just such a clever, effective way of doing it with that character. It, it was just so awesome. Um, I think moving on to Howard Hamlin's death, did not see that coming mm-hmm. at all. I already felt like so bad. Like Ham Howard Hamlin is such an interesting character yeah. because yeah, he's basically stood in the way of both Jimmy and Kim in a lot of ways. Yeah. But did he deserve what they were doing to him already? No. I don't I don't think so. Not at all. He, he's he's like a class A douchebag, right? For most of it. And it's like, yeah, he's kinda like the mean coworker who you don't yeah. like. But you don't want to Or like kill the boss him. you're Yeah, like, the boss you're kinda like, ugh. I don't, you know, I don't know if I love this guy, 
But he, like, still was, like, he wanted to give Jimmy a job. He wanted to help Jimmy. Like, overall, like, you could see that Howard wanted to, to help for the most part. And so then just watching them just place all this blame on him and decide to really go after him. And everything they do season six is just so fun to watch. Yeah. Like uh, when uh, Jimmy like takes the parking sign because someone moved oh, a cone. Yeah. He's oh. like, who moves so a cone? Weird. And he's like, the last second like moves it. Like all of that was just so fun. And then, you know, he comes in, he's pissed. He has every right to be. They kind of just ruin something big for him. And I was like, okay, so that's what this scene is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then freaking Lalo walks in. Yeah. Oh, just out of nowhere. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh no. And instantly, basically. Yeah. Just Hamlin, yeah. Howard Hamlin's dead. See, Man, another... what a powerful and, scene. And their reactions. Their, oh, yeah. Their, of, their... of pure, it did not feel like acting. Their, oh. their screams that they yeah. give out are exactly how you as a viewer felt. And maybe even what you did actually oh. out loud. Dude, yeah, 100%. Absolutely. I was, I was, when I watched this episode, it was the day that it came out. It was with my friend Carter, who listens to the podcast. Shout out to Carter. Um, and we were sitting in my room watching it um, because my dad started the show like in anticipation for season six so that it would all be out when he could watch it. And so he and I were watching in my room and that it, it ends with that. And he and I are just freaking out. And <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so just surprising. Because the whole episode is so good up until that point, even even before Absolutely. that. Because yeah. it's all them. It's their plan to take down Howard. Not take him down, but just like humiliate him, fully working. Everything about their plan works. And mm-hmm. then he comes over and is basically like, come on, guys. Like, obviously, there's no proof. I can't prove that you did this to me, but I don't deserve this. And then for Lala to just come in and kill him. And then with the funeral for Howard, where everyone thinks he died because he killed himself and he was getting high mm-hmm. on crack and like his wife and everyone just is judging him horribly. And then they change the name of Hamlin, Hamlin McGill. And it's just all, every possible thing that could go wrong goes wrong. And then of course it culminates with Kim leaving um, Saul. And so it's just like so effective. And then to just the, the icing on the cake that's already fully iced and battered and just looks amazing. <laughs> He gets buried with Howard. Like, Howard and Lalo get buried together underneath the lab. And it's just like, what a disrespect to Howard, who just was already... It's just so crazy. And it's just so effective, too. Because, like, in your mind, when there's a guy being mean to you, and it's like, you have all these scenarios, like, oh, man, if only all this crap could happen to it. But this is, like, all of it, and then ten times more actually happening. It's kind of like... You know, maybe don't wish poorly on those who are a dick to you. Just kind of like, you know, move on. And it's just like so many levels and layers of this. It's just I love it so much. I with Howard's death more than maybe any other thing I've seen, except for maybe a certain scene in Hereditary. Mm. I felt like I watched an actual person die. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like it's there are a lot of shows where characters die and you're like, oh, bummer that character died 
But it's like, okay, you know, it's a character. Mm -hmm. But in this show, because of the reactions and the way that they build up to it and everything, it feels like you are watching a human being get shot to death on camera. Yeah. Well, it hurts. (laughs) Part of that, I think, is with how the season was set up. It kept building up to them, you know, pulling these strings and being really careful about, you know, maneuvering around Hamlin or Howard Hamlin. And just trying to slowly taint his reputation a little bit by a little bit. And then he comes in and he's full of emotion and like there's so much energy and everything there. And he's has this little monologue for him. And then in an instant, in an instant, he's gone. Everything they did didn't matter. You know what I mean? Like this piece by piece degrading someone's reputation only for just to be over in an instant. Yeah. And then it's just like, well, what do we do now? Yeah. Like, oh, it was, I think that was probably like the standout moment in the entire show. Yeah. I think there's one other scene that I want to talk about when we talk about favorite episodes, but we'll get Um, get to that in a second. I also wanted to let you know this because you didn't watch it week to week, but Howard dying was the mid-season finale. Mm, and then there was like sense. there was like a month and a half of just waiting to see what happens next, you know? Right. So, watching it week to week, Howard dies and then you're like, "All right, I guess we'll come back in a month oh, to dude. see where they go from here." <laughs> that wait was It was brutal. so frustrating, but also super satisfying at the same time because yeah. it gives you time to theorize and like yeah. think about how the heck everything is going to change. You know? mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh absolutely. <laughs> the funny yeah. thing was that director on Twitter the director of that episode Thomas Schnauz tweeted like, "Hey, it wasn't originally planned for there be t- a gap between part 1 and part 2 of the season." Because of COVID, just made production, you know, COVID, and then oh, also right. Bob Odenkirk to, like, had a heart attack. Half. Yeah, it's just like a ton of crap went down, and so they they were just weren't done with the second half, and so he's like, don't expect any huge, you know, mid season thing, of course, to throw people off. And right. then it's it got this. It, it, it was so so funny to see that because I, awesome. you know, on the Better Call Saul subreddit or whatever, I saw that um, stuff. Okay. Because yeah, that's awesome. the other thing, one one last thing, uh, in yeah. season five of Breaking Bad. There was a mid-season gap that lasted a year, though, and it yeah. was <sighs> the episode where, spoiler for Breaking Bad, it was the episode where Hank found out that Walt was Heisenberg. Mm-hmm. It ends oh, with right that, the and end. then there's a year <laughs> gap between the second half yeah. of season five. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm so glad and I, I remember, just watched it all together. Oh, yeah. I remember I, so I watched the first episode of Breaking Bad the week that the finale aired because my dad was talking about it so much that I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to be a rebellious kid and I'm going to watch this even though my parents don't know that <laughs> I'm watching it, you know. Yeah. Even though we're all on the same Netflix, they're going to know. Yeah, yeah. But um I remember my dad telling me that the episode towards the end of Breaking Bad that ends with the shootout where they're like mm-hmm. shooting uh, and Hank is like hiding behind the car yeah. and then the episode just ends yeah. in like mid shootout. My dad said that he was like, like 
physically angry about the fact that he had to wait a week to uh-huh. see what happened next. Oh, yeah. I was like, totally. <laughs> I watched, I watched like the last season basically in like two sittings. And just because I was like, what, what am I going to do? You know? Yeah. I yeah. think we, I wish I could go back and not finish that shootout and just, yeah. And just imagine say, like, everything oh, yeah. goes well. Because well, the very <laughs> beginning, all uphill from here. the very beginning of the next episode, this Spoiler is revealed in Breaking Bad, a hundred percent. The very beginning of the next episode, Gomi immediately dies, and Hank yeah. dies like very quickly after that. Yeah. I thought yeah. I thought Marie's inclusion was totally unexpected in Better Call Saul, but really Excellent. effective. Yeah. Um, I mm-hmm. thought her inclusion instead of Skyler was also it made a lot more sense. For oh, me, dude! Totally. If right. Skyler had been in there, I would have been like, nope, out of here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of characters that we don't like slash do like, I just want to before we go into like favorite episodes. I do yeah. want to have just a quick conversation about the like standout characters, standout actors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For me, I, I just want to go real quick and say, yeah. I remember thinking through the first season with Kim, I was like, all right, we got another Skyler, you know, <laughs> and it, at least the first couple <laughs> of episodes. And then, and here's the thing, which she does sing happy birthday in the last she, season. Yeah. yeah. There is a happy birthday. scene, I, And I was like, Luckily, it's not to Mr. President. PTSD back to Breaking Bad. I but I, I do want to note, I, I, a lot of people hate on Skylar from Breaking Bad. Yeah. She's a great mm-hmm. character. Absolutely. She's amazing. She's maybe one of the best characters in the whole show, but just because of like how compelling her kind of moral gray area is and everything. But people don't like her just because of how often she's an obstacle to like the progress of what's going on. Yeah. And I was kind of thinking like, okay, we've got another character like that, that we're supposed to hate, you know? And with, by the end of the first season, I was like, Oh no, maybe Kim's way more interesting than that. Mm. And then throughout the whole show, she was my favorite character. Anytime it was showing Kim doing Kim stuff, I was like, all right, something, something's cooking. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, she felt very much like the smartest character in the show. Who is always the yeah. character that I, like I tend to gravitate towards? That's why I really like Littlefinger. Yeah, because I'm the smartest. I feel like I can connect yeah. with him. Yep. That's why I liked Littlefinger in Game of Thrones, and it's why I like Kim in this one. Just because you feel like everything she's doing is is has maybe some like under underlying purpose that you won't even find out for a couple of episodes. And truly, that's always what it was. Like she was so masterfully do it like playing her hand at every turn i just loved it well and i think she also just has the heart of gold you know she wants to help people that's why she's a lawyer she leaves hamlin hamlin mcgill to go and just work with the everyday people who don't have a good defense Mm -hmm. and she's really good. yeah she's yeah Yeah. and she just squanders opportunities because of saul Mm -hmm. you know yeah they're they're the yin and yang where saul is kind of a bad person with enough good in him and she's a good person with enough bad in her. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Just, yeah. Perfect they, comparison. They, yeah. They work with each other so well. I just, I, ugh. their relationship is my favorite thing out of either show is just the way that their characters kind of like are, are foils, but also like totally amping each other up at mm-hmm. all times. I yeah. just, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. a super effective combo. I want to talk about my favorite character next because hands down this is the best like 
villain I've ever seen on screen, and that's Lalo Salamanca. Oh, dude. That guy is so charismatic and so psychotic. Mm. In every scene, he just wears a big smile. Mm -hmm. You know, he's very friendly. Uh, He seems very genuine, but you know there's always gears turning because he's brilliant, and he always goes off of basically his instincts. He's like, how do I feel in this situation? This guy's this guy's lying to me. Yeah. There's that scene where he's asking Saul about what happened in the desert, right? Like the money exchange. He's like, tell me that one more time. Yeah. He's like, tell me again. Oh, and he dude. just keeps asking yeah, and he's just like, and so... just like, this guy could snap at any second and just have that like outburst of emotion, kill someone, and then just move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a psychopath. He's, again, charismatic. Mm-hmm. He's spontaneous. He'll climb up through the bank ceiling, kill a guy. Yeah. And he's just unkillable, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like every there are so many every time he could die. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think one of the things that... It, a scene that really exemplifies his character for me, which is also one of my favorite scenes, is when Nacho's trying to prove his worth to him. Yeah. Uh, in season five, and he goes and steals the drugs back, mm-hmm. basically, while the cops are searching the area. <laughs> that scene is and so cool. And Lalo's just sitting in the car, popping candy in his mouth, mm-hmm. like it's popcorn, just like, what is this kid doing? Yeah. And he's just, oh, it is so, so suspenseful, and he is so cool, like, just mm-hmm. really composed. Doesn't care about the outcome for this guy. And that just shows, like, yeah, he's a psycho. Uh, man, yeah. If I wish I could see more of him. Yeah. And, but I'm very, I feel satisfied with how his character was introduced and then, yeah. you know. Dude, yeah. the, um, <laughs> yeah. The, he, I was just going to talk about his extraduced. His, his death scene, <laughs> again, because it's like, you know Gus survives, right? But mm-hmm. same thing. They make it so effective because for the first time in either show, you see Gus afraid, like genu- terrified. terrified. Yeah. And even on his face, like in, in his disposition, like you can't like quite tell, like he still does a good job of containing it enough to the point, but just all the security, all the stuff, all the, precau- the precautionary measures he's taken just are the testament of how terrified he is of this guy. And just the fact that he and Lalo is like such a close margin by which he beats him. And it's just because he had that gun stashed away. It's just yeah. so it, it, it speaks the cleverness of Gus again, because, you know, we see his character in this and in Breaking Bad just outwit people and just he's very precautious. He's very um, he plans very effectively. And then to have him barely beat Lalo in that shootoff. Mm-hmm. And then for Lalo, when he dies, he's smiling. Like Jared said, he's still got that like mm-hmm. psychotic, charismatic like charm. Not really charm, but like well, I don't he just even know seems how entertained. To... Yeah, it's just yeah. like he like he's excited to see what you're gonna mm-hmm. choose, exactly. so then he can make a choice. And... Yeah, yeah. He he exists almost outside of the situations that he's in because of how confident that he is that he can just deal with whatever comes up. Yeah. That he just kind of yeah he's entertained. That's the perfect word for it. I, and I think whenever he's in a situation and, she, I mean, you don't know which way it's going to go. Like when he goes and visits, uh, is it 
Werner Ziegler. Yeah. Oh. His wife. Uh, his wife. Oh. And that whole situation. And then go over to the cabin and just axe that dude. You know, all of that. I was so afraid. Oh, I was dude. like, this woman is... Yeah. She has no idea who she, he is, and it's just like... And is she gonna try to slick gonna, about oh. it, but if she saw him, she's dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, oh, my God. It was like, man, is she going to try and, like, <laughs> seduce her as well? Like, that was such a weird, yeah. like, kind of... Rom- not really romantic, but, like, there was just a little element of that. And it's obviously, like, she's still mourning, but he's just so suave about the way he does things. And, mm-hmm. oh, dude, it was it was such a weird, like, emotional journey and interaction um so yeah it it was just so so effective um my favorite character was also lalo but one i did want to talk about um just to mix it up a little bit is mike because he's like other Mm -hmm. than jimmy probably the next main character because there are entire episodes where it's just like jimmy's or mike's story and he's kind of how we get introduced to gus and the rest of um that kind of crime world of it and there's not a whole lot of overlap with that for a large majority of the show until like season five and six when it really starts to kind of interact because Saul does um, have some interaction with Lalo and Nacho and stuff like that, but their stories overlapping really don't fully come into play until the fifth and sixth season, which I felt was totally effective. Like I liked how we were watching these two sides of pre-Breaking Bad build up and get fleshed out and then to finally like get to watch it, you know, fully develop and unfold in the way that we know it kind of gets to is just so satisfying and so mike's story kind of understanding how because we know his son was a cop and died and just his uh relationship with his daughter-in-law and his granddaughter and how much he cares about them and also just kind of his moral gray area as well and just how effective an employee he is because he really doesn't want to kill Werner. like he has (laughs) befriended him and he just knows it has to happen and he just does it, though, because he's not like Walt or Jesse or even Nacho in, in some cases where it's like he'll defy the authority. He's just like so traditional. So by the book where he's like, even when it's something I don't want to do at all, I'll still do it because I know that that's just like his morality. I don't yeah. even know morality, but it's like his own personal well, code yeah, of honor or ethics. He's like the opposite of Lalo in that regard, right? Lalo just goes on like a whim. He'll do something. Yeah. Right, and he's unpredictable. While Mike is very predictable mm-hmm. in how yeah. he will operate, yep. he's consistent. He's he's yeah, a great employee and a great guy. Like obviously, he's doing morally, yeah, morally bad, bad, bad stuff. Things, but, but hey, welcome to Breaking. Yeah, Bad. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he's just someone I wanted to root for, mm-hmm. and and that's the thing. <laughs> I didn't want to root for a lot of people in these shows, but he's one of them. That's the interesting thing with Skyler's character as well in Breaking Bad, is that she. they do just such a good job of making us like people doing abhorrent things, just fully criminals. And that's the thing with Saul and um, Walt in Breaking Bad. It's like, we don't like Skylar when in reality we would be like Skylar if our spouse was acting like this. And, but for the sake of the entertainment of the show, we're like, no, we want to see this horrible person do these horrible things because that's why we're watching the show. And so Skylar's character prevents that from happening it's just such an interesting like dichotomy and like relationship they create between us and these characters where it's like and even Kim to an extent where she kind of inhibits Saul from doing some of the stuff that we want Saul to be able to do Um, and yeah it's it's just cool it's just so such a good universe of shows 
Um, also, just extra quick shout out to Nacho, mm-hmm. where it almost <sighs> felt like, as as a character going out of Breaking Bad, they were like, okay, well, we have to have another young character with an absolute heart of gold who is just pulled into this circumstantially. <laughs> yep, yep, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so they had Like, Nacho. he's like the Jesse, yeah. Yeah, he's very yeah. much the Jesse of this show. But not in even a way where you're just like, oh, they're trying to do the Jesse thing. Again. No, like yeah, you can definitely draw some parallels. Mm-hmm. But he feels like just such a valuable character to the plot of the show. He's he is uh, Saul's introduction into um, this world of the more you know crime lawyer type criminal mm-hmm. lawyer mm-hmm. type things. And then, um, well, and I'll like, say. He acts his heart out, you know. Oh yeah, he, like he's so put good. through Michael every Mando. single emotion, yeah. every like, whew, like he looks heartbroken half the time. He looks mm-hmm. anxious half the time. He looks uh, angry half the time. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm, I said half the time on purpose because <laughs> yeah. he's doubling up on these. <laughs> yeah, all the time. he's yeah. working overtime. Yeah, he just wanted to throw that out there real quick. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And then Saul, obviously. Yeah. Saul just great. It's kind of a boring answer. Like, (laughs) honestly, there's not any characters that I can think of where it's just like, oh, yeah, I wasn't super into them. All the characters they did Mm -hmm. are really like new or old. They did a great job of introducing and fleshing out. And so another thing, if you're not aware, um, in Better or in Breaking Bad, when Walt and Jesse meet. Saul, for the first time, they take him out of the desert, put a bag over his head where they're wearing the masks. Saul says a line where he mentions Nacho and Lalo. And that single line is where those characters were developed from. Because he he says something about like, I thought I like said something to Nacho. And ultimately it kind of like creates a little bit of a constant. It wasn't me, it was Lalo. I didn't kill Ignacio. Things like that. And it's just like all of that that like... They took this one line and developed a six-season show. Yeah, from <laughs> two characters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And those two characters are present pretty much yeah. the whole time. I think Lalo's introduced slightly later. Like season four or something. Yeah. but he's a pretty late addition. But, mm-hmm. he's, but know, super effective. And even, yeah. even just like Gus, seeing Gus and his relationship with Hector, because Gus, by no means, is a morally good character. But he's better slightly than like Hector yeah. and Lalo. And so seeing... So you um, feel triumphant when Gus wins. And then you're like, no, but Gus is like the devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so and and with Gus not um, killing Hector and seeing how bad of a relationship Hector and Gus had. And then knowing Hector is the one who ends up killing Gus, even though Hector kills himself, like Hector ends up with the upper hand. Like that just kind of, it just hurts because mm-hmm. you don't want Hector to have the upper hand because of how much he screwed over Gus. But at the same time, it's like in Breaking Bad, you wanted Gus to die. And just, oh, yeah, they do such a good job of creating all these relationships awesome. that are just so, Absolutely. so effective. And knowing that Gus well, puts I, Hector in the wheelchair, too, is just awesome, too. Yeah. I wanted to kind of shift gears and talk about our favorite episodes. There's so many, like, great standalone episodes. Uh, well, I guess not, not standalone, but you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. ones you can pick out from all of the rest. Um what what are your favorites if not episodes specifically what's your favorite moments um if you guys need a sec to think about it i for sure can go yeah go for go it go for it yeah um it's the episode in season my i think my favorite episode of the whole show season 3 episode 5 pull up 
chicanery chicanery yeah oh dude which is the, that's the one <laughs> the one episode yeah which i through this whole thing we really haven't talked a lot about chuck right um who also who in the first unbelievable th- performance like absolutely yeah. there's i think three you can divide the show in half it's the chuck seasons and the lalo yeah seasons, no 100 percent because it is season three where um yeah. chuck does and it's crazy to think that those stories both exist in the same show and like how um, different it is, but still yeah. feels like the same. Like it's, it's awesome. And so Chuck, you know, we were introduced to him as some sort of ally to Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you ultimately find out, no, he's been against Jimmy all along. Mm-hmm. He's been the, the biggest roadblock into him becoming a legitimate and like a legitimate member of society, yeah. a standout lawyer. Um, and so the, the episode has them go to trial, um, and it's for Jimmy's bar, um, like his suspension like, or whatever. Suspension, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of the pinnacle of that whole arc, basically. Those three seasons led up to this moment, um, and Jimmy has Huel plant the battery. Yep. The cell phone yeah, battery again, on continuation of his coat. character, like doing that stuff. Everything about that reveal was <laughs> just jaw dropping. Yeah, excellent execution from the writing performances, everything. And you just see this outburst from Chuck, and it's just like, Mr. President, we got him, you know, yeah. like <laughs> what an absolute takedown episode. And it's triumphant, but it's not really happy no no you know? not at all right it's not happy at all and so i just love that episode uh yeah i mean if you've seen the show you know exactly what i'm talking yep. about so yep and if you haven't there's something to look forward to <laughs> yeah <laughs> now that i've yeah if you for you. <laughs> if you're listening this late and do it and you haven't watched it i mean we haven't been the worst with spoiler we've spoiled a lot of things though we've so been so. pretty bad about spoilers uh, right. but this is for people what, who have the nature in theory it. seen the whole thing um yeah for me, one of my, I don't know about my favorite, but one of my favorite episodes, especially the first time I watched it, um, just how much it resonated with me, kind of deviating from the ones we've already talked about um, and outside of this season six, which I think is my favorite season. In season five, um, Bagman, the episode where Mike and Saul get stranded in the desert. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just oh, yeah. the idea of having to haul six, like $7 million in cash through the desert Something you would never think of to be a burden, right? You'd never think, oh, yeah, that would weigh a ton. And you would have to, like, just drag it along with you because it's seven million. It's not like you can just ditch it. And just how Mike shows up, because Mike and Saul up to this point have been kind of off and on. It's been a while since they've had an episode together. And so them having a little bit of an overlap with that was super cool and effective as well. And so, yeah, just that whole episode of, like, again, you know they're not going to die because their characters continue, but figuring out how they get saved and how it all works out for them because Saul is truly desperate and, like, he is broken down. Then it's just not at all his environment. And you think it's, oh, it's, it all goes great. The twins give him the money, and then he gets shot at it. It's just, it reminds me of, like, Ozymandias and some of the stuff in season five of Breaking Bad, that kind yeah. of desert shootout stuff. Same vein of just so entertaining and just heart racing and 
just an amazing episode and it has huge consequences yeah. moving forward as well yeah yeah that's a great answer <laughs> i just dropped my phone on my desk so there was probably a very loud thud in my microphone sorry <laughs> listeners but um my answer i think uh, man i'm really hoping that this is the episode that i think it is i had to go and kind of pull up an episode list yeah but yeah, it's, it's been season one episode seven i i haven't watched season mm. one since it aired mm. wow yeah um, that's a while <laughs> yeah that so is a while. uh it's been a bit but um Season one, episode seven is called Bingo. And I believe that that Mm. is kind of, for me, I remember just feeling this rush of like, okay, I've gone through six episodes of seeing this Jimmy McGill character who is like, I can definitely see Saul similarities, but he's not the same guy, you know? Yep. And Bingo is the first time that this show, in my opinion, really gives us Saul and Mike. It's the one where Mike has to go into the Kettleman's house and steal the money. Mm-hmm. And so he's got this mm. whole heist that he does. And and then <laughs> you, you also see um, Saul in like his kind of pompous white suit at the retirement, um, at the retirement community uh, or whatever it's called place. Yeah. Um, home running the bingo games and everything. And just kind of like, he's got his personality, but this is also, I'm pretty sure the episode where he kind of has his panic attack while he's doing the bingo thing and kind of like just starts yelling and, and, and tells the story about his, his arrest for doing the California sunroof (laughs) while he's doing the bingo thing. And it's just like, that's the first episode where I really felt like, Oh, there is just, chaos ahead like this Mm. show is just gonna get crazier and crazier as it continues of course there there are other episodes that i think are probably like conventionally better episodes chicanery definitely that's kind of like that's kind of like the 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 prime episode but there are that one and then uh plan and execution yeah yeah yeah. it's just like so it's like uh, just like huge culminations of these arcs first three seasons second three seasons and And like midway through like season three, you yeah. got chicanery. Yeah. Mid season, uh, mid season in six, you have plan right. and execution. So, so it's like yeah. they they have these kind of keystone episodes, and and there are a lot more. There are so many that are good, but I just remembered the way I felt as a viewer watching this episode in season one, where I just kind of like reconfirmed like okay, this feels really different, but this is still the Breaking Bad people and they are going to find ways to mm. absolutely blow my mind going forward. And all of the Kettleman stuff with the cat, like when he finds them camping and he like yeah. breaks into the tent, here's Johnny, and like freaks <laughs> him out. And just like, it's, he is, he's so funny, but also just like so fueled by his own internal drive to be right about things. And, there are so many things through that Kettleman arc that I love, but this episode with, with Mike breaking into the place and doing the mm. heist and Jimmy kind of really showing his first true signs of Saul, I just, it's amazing. Yeah. I totally agree. I I love how the Kettlemans come back in season six, and it's like they yeah. have not changed at all. They're stealing they from yeah, the elderly. And it's just yeah. like, oh, man, what a, I, oh, yeah, just... And I love how it's like the wife driving more of it, but the the husband is still fully compliant with everything. Like he's just right. 
a little bit more muted in his opinions, but he's still going along. Like he's not innocent by any means. Um, yeah, just characters like that. It, it's just such an amazing show. I, I love it. it I was I, at no point was I afraid like, Oh man, they're going to fumble the ball in season six. Like because season five was so effective. I was just solely curious about how they would do it. And my ideas for how it was going to go down did not really happen. Almost any of them, but that is good because a lot of times individual like viewers ideas of the what we want is not the best one and that is especially the case in these shows because the writers are just so phenomenal and they just do such an incredible job of you know bringing these characters together in a way that's super effective and i think um what vince gilligan the creator of these both of these shows has said is like they're not going to make another show because there's really not another story to tell in this universe. Like I feel very content, like even with El Camino wrapping up Jesse's story, it's like, there's really not anything more you could want out of any of these characters. And it's like the best, it's like the best overall stories ever told in my opinion. Like these are just so amazing, incredible. I just love it so much. And so, yeah, that's all I got to say. Better call Saul 10 out of 10. In theory, it's like, oh, you could always want more, but I'm, I feel totally satisfied at the same time. There's nothing about me where I'm like, oh, man, I would love more of this. It's just yeah. concluded in a very satisfying and incredible way. Big yeah, I, I would totally agree. I think I'm very happy I got to watch them. Especially, I got to watch uh, Better Call Saul with no spoilers. Nice, yeah. Um, that's nice. Same that's with awesome. Breaking Bad the first time. Yeah, nice. no spoilers oh, really? I, either I time. I had it so yeah, I was I was very fortunate in those, um, and I I'm excited to rewatch Better Call Saul already because mm-hmm. I knew I know when I rewatched Breaking Bad, like I said, I liked it more, and I I think that'll be the case here as well. Um, so I yeah. guess yeah, that's my closing. <laughs> Niall, Niall, do you have anything, anything else you want to say? To say? No. Okay, buddy, chicanery. <laughs> if you uh, if you guys if any of you <laughs> listeners uh, use Reddit at all, there's a subreddit called Okay, buddy, chicanery, um, and it's just like a bunch of weird. <laughs> Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul memes, where it'll have like a, a picture <laughs> of um, Lalo or Nacho. He's like, why did Nacho lie about all of these things right before he killed himself? Is he stupid? <laughs> it's just like <laughs> stuff like that. It's just like so hilariously like misunderstanding the show just as kind of especially funny because there were so many dumb theories people were putting out up until the end of the show. And it's just kind of mocking that side of the fan base which is always fun to see yeah i I, the last thing i I actually do want to say because we kind of skimmed over it let's just lastly throw some praises at bob odenkirk oh yeah like dude this was his show and i love both of these shows because the protagonists are they're both comedians Mm -hmm. right brian cranston bob odenkirk both comedians who just crush it in a dramatic role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In like a very, very dramatic oh, role. Oh, yeah. Right. And you're like, in both shows, it's incredibly funny, um, both because of the writing and because of these actors portraying the characters. And yeah, so, there's some hilarious elements to the show as well. Yeah. Like the, the mm-hmm. ads, the fake ads he makes. So that yeah. type of stuff. Like, but I laugh out so loud stressful. hard. Like, <laughs> genuinely yeah. hilarious stuff. Yeah. So. Man, making this has made me want to rewatch it, I know, especially seriously. those first three seasons, which I saw mm. just so long ago at this yeah. point. Yeah, I right. so two or three years ago, I watched this show, all of it that had existed at that point, which was, I think was seasons one through four or five. 
uh, with my roommate Carter as well. Again, shout out to Carter as well as Breaking Bad. And so shout that out. was the last shout time I rewatched them. And then I rewatched Breaking Bad this year with my current roommates. Um, and then I would be totally down to rewatch Better Call Saul as well because it's just it's so good. Come and live with me and we can watch it together. I would, except you live two hours away. I know. Kind of, That's why I'm saying live with me. Yeah. Yeah, but all my stuff that I have is here. And I don't want to move. Yeah, that would be frustrating to have <laughs> to is. drive two hours to change your clothes. <laughs> yeah, that would be annoying. <laughs> well, we'll figure out our li- living logistics later. <laughs> but until next time, we'll see you on another Man Cave Movie Night Monday. Bazinga. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.